0: Hey, hey, people in Motion, you're listening to What Does This Button Do? The podcast about hard tech. Brought to you by the makerspace and hard tech innovation hub, Motion Lab Berlin. Please welcome your host, Christoph, that's me, and Roy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Does This Button Do? This is our last episode of the first season, and we're really excited to... Uh, record today in this amazing temperatures with like 35 degrees outside. Uh, welcome to my amazing co host, Roy. Hey. And to our very special and last guest for this first season, Ingo. I'm very excited to have you here on the last episode of our first season. And I'm really excited to get to know what you brought with you today for us to listen to. So tell us about yourself, Ingo. What are you doing? What's your name? I mean, your name is Ingo, obviously, but um, who are you? <laughs> what are you
1: doing? <laughs> All right. Um, Well, let me get into the story. My name is Ingo. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer, uh, very, very German. I'm actually a diploma engineer, you know, a species that is dying out. I'm one of the last. Um, uh, I've worked in technology consulting for big tech companies for almost a decade. And uh, I've had a consulting company, uh, which I sold end of 2019, with the idea of, you know, getting Back in touch with technology and um, uh, taking the opportunity of trying out new things, <clears throat> and that was about the time when I also started working at Motion Lab, and I started building this. I'm going to say hobby project for myself. Um, I'm a passionate surfer, and I wanted to find out could I track my detailed 3D trajectory while surfing on a wave. Uh, and I built this little, let's say, prototype that uses data captured by a smartphone and. Uh, uses different sensor data to reconstruct my trajectory when I'm surfing, um, and I uh, basically then spun that into a startup which is called True Metrics. And what we do is, uh, I don't know if you know things like Strava, RunTastic, MapMyRun. So we basically do activity tracking and performance analysis for adventure sports like skiing, snowboarding, surfing, downhill mountain biking, and uh, it's a bit. Quite a bit more complicated than what you use in, in these solutions like Strava or MapMyRun because uh, for what we want to do it's not enough to just you know track a GPS signal but we use a bunch of different sensors and use technologies like uh, state estimation uh, and pattern analysis to first of all reconstruct the trajectory of, uh, of our users of our athletes and then identify and analyze the relevant segments within their, uh, within their activity. And you know, all this sounds very technical. It is very technical, but what does that give to the user? Um, he has, I'm going to say, a digital twin of his activity. He can relive his activity. Uh, he can understand his performance. He can share and compete with others, and uh, yeah, basically, do what so far has only been able in leisure sports.
0: That's that's a lot, um, but I've immediately follow question because I know. Strava and tracking for like running and cycling, but surfing like that seems to me one of the hardest areas to track because it's so unpredictable. Or or is it like what the user will do and what do you actually track while surfing? I mean, is it distance or or yeah?
1: So um, it, it's kind of the challenge is similar for let's say let's uh, look at water sports and snow sports. So, you know, surfing, skiing, snowboarding, um, to be able to describe these types of activities, you need to have the detailed three dimensional trajectory of of the athlete. Every turn in the snow or every turn on a wave. Right. Um, and we are able to reconstruct this trajectory by combining data from uh, GNSS sensors, uh, acceleration sensors, gyroscope, geomagnetic field sensors, and barometric pressure sensors. So basically, get all this data, throw it into our magic machine, get the trajectory out of that, and then put that through a um, pattern recognition algorithm to see, okay, you know, you're a surfer, for example, were you just paddling around, were you sitting on your board waiting, or were you actually surfing a wave? So and we identify your wave and, then the interesting step is what are the relevant characteristics for you as a surfer, for example, distance traveled. That's not even so hard, but, um, number of turns, characteristics for your turns, height of the wave. Um, if you are really good and you do aerial maneuvers, what did you do there? Um, uh, when did you fall? Why did you fall? Drop an angle on the wave, uh, all of these things.
2: You said a lot of words that I have no idea what they mean because I have nothing to do with surfing or with, yeah. with like or with software but i know these apps uh like run tastic and these things so is the basic idea of true metrics to develop an app or how are you actually going
1: to realize this so um we're going to do an app and we're also going to do hardware but um, um i was i mean we were talking about this earlier um to <clears throat> make our life as a startup a bit easier, we're going to start in snow sports, being skiing and snowboarding. Uh, They're one of the biggest markets in adventure sports with over 100 million users worldwide, and the biggest part of these users being located in Europe. So nice market for us to address. Um, And in snow sports, we can start with using people's devices, meaning their smartphones, right? Because modern smartphones have all or most of the sensors we need. Uh, So we can start doing an app there, which just makes our life easier to be honest. Um, you know, I I, pass, I personally come from a surfing background, like I'm a passionate surfer, this is how I started this. But if you wanna do surfing or water sports, um, you have to do hardware. So basically a little sensor package that is waterproof that you can put on your board uh, and you're gonna have to sell this hardware globally because the biggest market are in Northern America and Australia. So, um, you know, if, if you wanna look for a way to shoot yourself in the foot as a startup, uh, you know, develop hardware and sell it globally right away. Without having you know proven product market fit, and to avoid that, we decided okay, you know, let's start with an app-only solution. Let's start with a market that is addressable with an app-only solution, and take it from there. Do you do you find it's uh, easier to
2: to work on a company which is directly connected to a very big hobby of yours, or do you feel like sometimes it distracts you, like 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 you're you're too biased or something like that?
1: Um, both, I think both are true to an extent. Uh, so I mean, I started this looking at surfing, which is something I try to do as much as I can. And of course, there I was very passionate and had very strong opinions, um, which is good and bad. You know, the knowledge of what it is that your users want, you know, lets you tell a convincing story, let you be convinced. Um, but also, uh, you know, hold the danger of, like you said, being biased or um, being convinced because you want it, everybody else wants it. Yeah. Um, and this actually makes it a bit easier for me also in, in snow sports, like I'm a, I'm a snowboarder, but not like I'm, I'm not as, as good at as snowboarding as I'm in surfing or I don't, I don't snowboard as much. And here it is a bit easier for me to basically take a step back and say, look, we're doing UI UX testing. We're doing user surveys um i give you 50 functionalities that i can come up with but you know let the user take the choice and i'm not as as i don't have as strong as an opinion about what would be right there Um, Mm -hmm. which is good but at the same time you know having a strong conviction is also important if you want to run a startup successfully
0: yeah you already gave uh advice in regards to how to shoot yourself in the foot or not to shoot yourself in the foot, which um, I think is really valuable for a lot of listeners and for the hardware startup scene in general. How did you figure that out? Like, and do you think this is something that you would give as general advice? Because if you're building a product in the hardware area, you want to build a product in the hardware area. So could this be... The, your solution with starting software, which makes sense to me, could this be transported ha- somehow, or do you think there's there's a necessity to do something else before hardware when you want to do hardware?
1: Mm, I mean, advice isn't universal, right? Uh, and I, I think you've probably, I feel like this is a quote that you've probably used in every single episode of this of this podcast. Hardware is hard, right? <laughs> um, no, no, no. <laughs> uh i actually don't think anyone I, anyone said it yet anybody has said it yet. um <laughs> how like, like for me i was basically caught in the middle of for me it was i had to make the choice do we want to go to simplify it do we want to go surfing or skiing and i could make both like good arguments for both and i basically forced myself i um, you know i'm an engineer i'm very analytical basically you know putting these down and like writing writing now what is pros, what are contras for, for both of these and then comparing them. Uh, and that's how uh, I came to the conclusion, you know, even while my passion might be a bit closer to surfing and while I'm surfing, I can feel the value proposition stronger because it's closer to my heart. It makes more sense to, to start with skiing. Um, I don't think that what we are doing is universally applicable to hardware because, you know, some products, can only be hardware but I think it's interesting more so for let's say prototyping and testing and you know getting a bit closer to you know finding that product market fit if you are somehow able to have a prototype of your hardware product which is software um, and to to test for that I think that that is a, that's a good solution to um, to make your life a bit easier and I think I don't know um, if I'm trying to come up with a hardware product that could be tested as, as software, I mean, you can, you can do a lot of prototypes that are not the actual product. So we do UIUX testing, obviously with a click dummy thats that doesn't have the hardware stack or that I know that doesn't have the, the backend stack behind it. Um, and I think you can do a, you can get a lot of user feedback on a hardware product already without having the actual hardware product built or putting it in the user's hands.
2: Can you tell us a bit about your team? Uh, so you're the co-founder of Key of uh, Sorry. Can you tell us a bit about uh, your team? So you're the co-founder of TrueMetrics. Uh, who else is working with you, and how do you divide? Um, yeah, divide the work.
1: Yeah, um, and here I, I um, you know, I'm full of full of advice. I, can, I, can, or I, I wouldn't say advice, but I can share experiences. So. I kind of came up with this by myself, right? It was a hobby project first. And then, you know, I kind of spun this and what kind of product could this be? And then, you know, developed a business model behind it and then started talking to potential. Like I did a lot of work by myself and then I figured out, okay, like I cannot ever do this by myself. There's so much work. Um, I'm gonna try and find people that wanna do this with me. And this is the way I had to go, but it is very tough to find a good match if you already are in the middle of a startup, you're looking for the right expertise. It has to be a personal fit. It has to be a fit of what people want in life. Uh, and that's hard. So I spend a good amount of time on you know, putting my team together. And we're still in the early stage, but I'm, I'm happy with the setup we've got right now. So there's me as uh, an engineer and also with a strong business background. I've, I've done like management consulting in the technology space for over nine years. Um, <clears throat> Um, and I developed the prototype of the core technology. Then there is, uh, my co-founder Yegor, who is, uh, coming from the marketing space. He is a, let's say, uh, marketing guy turned product owner. And he has a track record in digital products and also digital sports products, uh, which helps out greatly because like, that's not my domain (laughs) and addressing a consumer market the leisure product there's a lot of marketing involved um and then our third full-time team member is uh, shoma our lead engineer for our state estimation algorithm so part of our core technology uh, and shoma uh, did his thesis at the technical university in munich on the subject of trajectory reconstruction for alpine skiing, so exactly what we're doing and um, i posted you know, let's say co-founders wanted, team members wanted uh, in a bunch of different channels. And these two guys actually found me. And uh, we've been together as a team, let's say only recently and we've been working together for a couple of months. Uh, But yeah, things are working out fine. Uh, We've got some, let's say, uh, extra help uh, from seasoned uh, serial entrepreneurs uh, and tech experts uh, on a freelancing basis. But those three guys uh, or me and those other two guys were the core team at this point in time.
0: Uh, You said they found you, but how? (laughs) Like, how do I find co-founders? And how how does this work for all the people who are still looking?
1: Um, You need to be vocal. You know, you need to tell the world that you're looking for somebody. So I, I set up a very simple landing page that basically says, like, look, this is what I'm doing. This is the startup. This is the stage. This is what is next. These are the kind of qualifications or people that I'm looking for. If this speaks to you, get in touch with me. Uh, I posted that through the Motion Lab channels uh, um, and through a bunch of groups of people that are in the adventure sports space, because, of course, that's already a good filter. If you're passionate about the uh, the area this is going to be in, that's already great. Uh, and that's how they found me. Like somehow, maybe they, they saw it directly or somebody forwarded the post um, and then they got in touch with me. And then, sorry, then you basically go through a multi-stage process of, finding out if this could if this could be something and at some point when you you say okay let's give it a try it's not like you get married right away you start working together on the project and get to know each other Um, and the the sort of deal which is interesting something which I had to learn um, is you know you give the other person an opportunity to possibly be part of it uh, and you invest you know your time and attention in this person and There is the danger that at the end, you know, it's not a good fit and you both like lost some of your time, but you definitely always learn something.
2: Thank you, Ingo. Um, Let's move on to uh, the segment we have in the middle of the podcast. This is the five whys. So the five whys is a common technique used to investigate the cause and effect underlying a... particular problem. It was originally developed by Toyota, so it works for them. It's probably going to work for us as well. Um, (laughs) We're going to start with uh, one statement, and then we'll follow with four more whys, and I ask you to kind of answer shortly. Uh, Let's give it a go. So, uh, Ingo, at True Metrics, you are um, developing um, an app or also hardware to track Uh, the performance in adventure sports.
1: Uh, Why are you doing this? Because I'm passionate about adventure sports uh, and I'm very interested in the technology that's used to make this happen.
2: Why are you interested in this technology? What's interesting about it?
1: It comes originally from a very high-tech space It's used in um, aerospace, defense, autonomous mobility. It's quite complicated and it's, uh, it's fun to, you know, transfer something like this to the leisure and sports sector.
2: Okay, so you're talking about very big industries. Why was it not done yet in, in sports, actually?
1: Yeah, I think it's twofold. Um, I mean, one thing that makes it easy for us is what you call ubiquity of sensors. You know, we all have smartphones and modern day smartphones have more and more sensors uh, and those are available to us. Uh, Also, if we do our own hardware, these sensors are not that expensive uh, anymore as they used to be. Um, And the other part is, um, well, these sensors are now available, but the technology behind it, the math behind it is actually quite complicated. Um, While there is a number of people that can do it, I don't think everybody wants to make the effort of putting that much work into it.
2: Okay, so so why do you want to put the effort in, or why do you think that you can do this? Actually,
1: um, well, I mean, why I want to do it, we we covered that, I guess. Why do I think that we can do this as a team? Um, I'm an engineer. Uh, I'm I've built the prototype uh, for this algorithm, which uh, we for which I took to the point of technical feasibility. Uh, I'm complemented with a. Shoma, my lead engineer, who's done research in this field, especially for the application in alpine sports. And uh, we've got a, a additional help by a, a good friend and expert, Jan, who is, who's got a PhD in control theory um, and uh, yeah, helps us out here as well. So I think with the three of us, uh, we're a pretty strong team to uh, take on this technological challenge.
2: Great. And last one, why do you think that this idea can be successful? Why do people need it?
1: So we've basically seen the emergence of technology of activity tracking in leisure sports like running, cycling, swimming, yoga, crossfit um, to the point where technology is everywhere in these sports. Uh, I think 21% of Americans track their activities using uh, a smartwatch or a device. Um, and these things are just starting in the adventure sports market. And the market is huge. We're talking about 200 million plus users. Um, so that market is basically catching up Uh, And uh, we want to be part of that.
2: I'm convinced. Awesome.
0: Um, The data area, I was wondering if you have the technology um, Mm -hmm. hardware and software wise to cover this wide area of uh, metrics wouldn't this also be interesting for other uh, s- sectors, other branches? Like I was thinking of, uh, it is. <laughs> like, I mean, it probably would be interesting, but is it something you thought about? Is it a, a pivot in terms of you could think
1: about licensing Definitely.
0: it out to automotive industry, crash detection? Um, I don't know.
1: Definitely. Um, uh, perfect question. Um I wouldn't call it a pivot though, so I mean we we start this in the in the field of sports uh, at the intersection between these sports and and technology because it's a passion project for us, but also it's a it's a good space to start because uh, um, for us to succeed, we need to provide our users with uh, um, an exciting experience, but you know nobody dies if we uh, assess uh, the wave height of a surfer by uh, with a with a, an error of ten percent like that's not that's not a biggie. Um, so we want to start in adventure sports, start with one sport, grow into multiple sports. Then I think at some point, if, we're, if our technology has matured, we can also move into other leisure sports. Um, um, but then, of course, um, you know, when we've got the technology mature and we're starting right now with our algorithms in the back end, um, but uh, it is kind of part of our technology roadmap that we could move back to embedded. So, you know, once our algorithms are mature are leaner, we could First bring it back to your device and then bring it back on a chip uh, and that of course makes these things interesting for all kinds of industry applications as well i wouldn't so much look at the classical applications where this comes from so you know if you go to aerospace defense uh, autonomous flying like these these sectors use this technology at a very high price point tens of thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars like we don't want to rival with that but think of um uh, autonomous delivery uh, in, in the field, or maybe just tracking e-mobility fleets with a, with a higher accuracy. Um, these could be fields that might be interesting in the future. But uh, we've made the choice for us uh, that we want to start in the sports space, um, you know, develop our technology there, and then and see where, can, where, where this can go. Because if I say I can do very accurate tracking on the basis of cheap sensors, like you can use that for everything, right? But you cannot start doing everything so, we got to start somewhere.
0: All right. Very, very cool. Very convincing in, in that regard. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the matured version of the technology in other devices. Uh, but it makes perfect sense to me to start with your stuff. So, my
1: question, for, my question for you guys is: any, is any one of you active in adventure sports, skiing, snowboarding, surfing, down and mountain biking?
0: Uh, I have kids. Does it count? I mean, that's an adventure every day. That's, that's an adventure. <laughs> No, um,
2: I skied a few times and I learned to surf when I was in Philippines. Uh, I'm but, a drag. <laughs> but I didn't really, no, I didn't really pick up any of it on like a regular basis. So yeah,
1: not really. So I, you- I suggest you guys get back into it so you can start using our products. But
2: now, but now that I have the possibility to track my performance, I want to do it even less
1: because then I will <laughs> have proof of like how shit I am. <laughs> It, you, know? you know, this is actually, this is actually an interesting challenge trust. So, you know, if we track somebody, we need to make it look good, even if it's shitty, because yeah, that's something that that, that people experience when they surf and they've been filmed like the, for, for the first time. You know, I felt so cool. And then I saw myself on a video. And now all of a sudden, I don't feel so cool anymore. Exactly.
2: <laughs> like, I feel really cool when I'm surfing. But then if I look on the app, it'll tell me like, I, I, I ski like a sissy little girl, then, you know, like...
0: Is it, is it like you're, you're putting your um, personal data in the app before, like your, your height and your weight and stuff, and then you, you do your sport thing, and after that, the, the software tells you, well, it was all right, depending on your physique. So it's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: it's probably the best you, you could did have okay. done. <laughs> you did. I, actually, I mean, if you look at at these spaces in leisure sports, so Strava, you know, you have Olympic athletes tracking their marathons on there. But you also have, you know, grandmothers doing their first 5K run. So uh, I think, you know, there, there's there's something in there for everything. You just have to adopt the functionality to to cater to these different user groups.
2: But I guess an interesting question, it depends per, per sport, but uh, can you give an example of what it actually tracks? Like the speed, the, besides the speed and duration, like for instance, when you're snowboarding, what, what do we actually
1: see? So, um, I mean, at the core is something which is called state estimation, which basically means that we track uh, the state of a system at a sufficiently high frequency and accuracy. And the states that we are tracking here is a vector consisting of position, orientation, um, multidimensional velocity, and acceleration. So you have, let's say, your motion curve and space. right? And at every single point, we know your orientation. We know your acceleration, uh, and we know your speed, and then based on that, we, we can look for specific segments. So, I mean, we're going to go, we're going to go snowboarding tomorrow, and partially, I'm going to be, you know, going down the mountain, doing my big carves, maybe jumping, but partially, I'm just going to be sitting in the lift going uphill. So, uh, this is where we, you know, um, apply pattern recognition to find out, uh, or let's say, to detect different patterns that that are interesting for uh, our athletes. And uh, I think for us, it's important to start, let's say start lean, find a couple of things that are interesting for an, a large number of people. So, you know, we don't want to start detecting double backflips because there's only a handful of people that can do that. Uh, but we want to start detecting, you know, strong cars, uh, fast downhill segments, small jumps, these kind of things. And, and then and that- also, you know, grow that with our users to see like, what, what feedback do we get? What is it that they want to find out? I think actually crashes, are an interesting detection. Like I broke my foot snowboarding a couple of years ago, and I wish I had a recording of that. It must have looked ridiculous, <laughs> and I wish I had a recording of that.
2: And then it also works like with weather conditions or things like that. Like uh, like if you're snowboarding or if you're if the wave in the water or things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of existing solutions that uh, that address that point. It's interesting to you know, let's say put these things together uh but that's that's kind of a a second tier stage because otherwise like it it, it can get infinitely complicated
2: of course um cool so uh we're almost done but we still have a nice little segment left which is our community questions so we are here uh, at motion lab berlin uh, the Hearttech Innovation Hub and Makerspace and uh, a lot of different people in our community and a lot of different people that also know what you're doing, Ingo, and are interested about it. So I went around and I asked some people uh, what they want to ask you and I have two questions for you today. Um, let's, start, yeah, let's start with this one. So, here you go.
1: Hey Ingo, here is Eduardo. Um, yeah, nice project what you have. Um, I would like to know if i could use uh, your uh your product to register uh how much activity does a person have during during a whole day so i don't know if maybe the battery is, is long lasting um yeah uh would like to know that thank you
2: so like besides besides uh, adventure sports or action sports i think he wants to know if you can use it just in general throughout the day
1: yeah yeah definitely um and uh, i think this especially going to be interesting in the future when we do hardware and you have, let's say a small, small little sensor, um, that lets you not use your smartphone all the time. And you just put that on yourself. And I mean, even today, you can register activity using your smartphone, but I think with our technology, you're going to be much more accurate. Um, if that is important to you to, you know, let's say, know how much you move by, uh, let's say, um, to, to 99%, point, uh, 99, accuracy, then then that would be something that we could probably do. Also, what I think is interesting um, that since we use different sensors and we do not solely rely on GNSS data, so GPS,, et cetera, uh, we can do tracking insights to a limited extent. I mean, you need uh, so-called correction points every once in a while. So if you don't have correction points for too long a time, you start drifting but uh, we are okay without having you know, these correction points for a couple of minutes.
2: Right, okay. Well, thank you, uh, Eduardo, for your question. And for our listeners-
1: Thanks. Thanks, Eduardo.
2: For our listeners, if you want to actually listen uh, more to Eduardo, we have an episode with him as well. So episode six, uh, listen to that. We're talking about uh, prosthetics, and yeah, with, with Eduardo from Horus. Okay, so we have another question for you, Ingo.
1: One more. Hey, Ingo, it's Will. Starting a company can be um, a lot of work. How do you make sure that you have the emotional support you need from the community? And then how do you uh, decompress and blow off steam after work? Okay, nice question from Will. Ah, uh, Will. It's like, you know, um, a, a time a time, or how do you say, like uh, a bottled message because I know that Will is in California right now and he's been for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. And he's gonna get back next week, I think. Yeah. Um, How do I get the support that I need? I think Will is a great support. Uh, You know, he is an engineer as well, but he's also great in business. And every once in a while, when I have a subject that I want to discuss, I I ask him to, you know, uh, sit down with me for half an hour, just like give him my opinion, get his feedback. Um, um, I've just in general started developing uh, connections to a bunch of other startups, to other founders, which is very helpful if you're a solo founder, like being a solo founder is, not much fun, uh, so you need people to talk to. And if you have in your network other founders, they're going to have similar problems, uh, and that's very helpful. Um, yeah, I think I think those are those are two good things. Uh, how do I blow off steam? Uh, that's obvious, right? I go surfing, I go snowboarding. I like to go partying. I think things are kicking back up, so looking forward to that. Is um, that why you're hungover right now? I wasn't really a party essay. I just went out, and it it ended up being two o'clock in the morning when I came back, and I had to get <laughs> up early this morning. So, not it wasn't really a party. It was uh, a small thing, um, and I like to I like the outdoors. I like to go camping. There's a couple of nice lakes north of Berlin where you can just like camp overnight. You know, pitch your tent, um, make a fire. That's that's also that's, I think that's uh, a recommendation. You know, if you are in the founding space and you're occupied with what you do all the time, every once in a while, you have to force yourself to get out of that. And you actually like, I literally have to force myself not to think about it because you need these moments of, you know, uh, relaxing, of gathering energy again. And the mind machine just doesn't stop working. So when you catch yourself, you know, thinking about that problem again, I just force myself like, not this weekend. Like I can't solve it right now. I shouldn't think about it, right? and the best thing I can do is not think about it right now. You know, recharge my batteries and then get back to it uh, on Monday.
0: I mean, that's necessary as well. So that's 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 exactly general good advice for everyone. Um, thank you so much, Ingo, for your time. Uh, I would like to ask you how can our listeners or anyone who's really interested in testing the hardware and the software or maybe get in touch with you, can reach out to you. How are you approachable? Which web space should they look to? And um, yeah, in general, anything you want to plug for our listeners right now.
1: Yeah. Um, So our website is truemetrics.io. We're still launching, so you're going to see the coming soon banner, Uh, that's a pity. But you can reach me uh, under ingo at truemetrics.io. I think we're going to have the website up soon. Uh, if you are uh, in these sports, uh, right now we're starting with snow sports, so most interested in, in skiers and snowboarders, And if you want to try out uh, our prototype, uh, if you want to you know, donate three minutes of your time and, and do our survey, do our survey to help us you know, identify the most important functionalities, uh, very grateful <clears throat> very grateful for that. The more we know, the better our product can be. Uh, and of course, if you know get in touch with us, you can be among the first people to start using our product.
0: Awesome. Very exciting. One question I would to attach to that: as you just said, there are great spaces to uh, blow off steam north of Berlin. If you know these places, um, can we put them in the show notes? Can you give them to us, yeah. and we'll.
2: Yeah. Like Ingo's
1: secret spots.
0: Ingo's secret spots. I'm
1: not going to give my, my top secret <laughs> spot, but I'll I, I give, I give something close to it. All right, perfect.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll put this as well as the URL or email addresses and every uh, way to contact you in the show notes for our listeners to click and see right away.
2: Yes. And also, it'll take a couple of months until we release this episode. So by then, the website will probably uh, be up, I guess. Yeah. So Okay. That's good. You're right. All right. Thank you, Ingo. Um, that was a really nice episode. I had a lot of fun, especially like season finale last episode. So I'm really happy that we, uh, could talk to you about this exciting project, exciting, uh, startup. So thanks for being here. Uh, thank you Christoph, as well for uh, this okay. fun episode and for the whole season in general. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank it. you. T- yes. Thank you to our <laughs> listeners. Um, we hope that you enjoy this episode and the season in general. If you want to read more about the episode, go to our show notes. You can get in touch with Ingo or with us. And in general, some more information about Motion Lab Berlin can also be found in the show notes. Uh, this is where we record the podcast and this is uh, where we work, uh, Motion Lab Berlin. If you want to, to uh, see the place yourself, you can also book a free tour. It's also in the show notes. Get in contact with us uh, through our website motionlab.berlin podcast, or um, you can also email us to podcast at or info at Lab berlin. Of course, follow our social media and stay tuned for the next season, which we are gonna start working on in the next couple of months. And you can already, um, uh, already, yeah, follow Spotify, you know, Apple Music, whatever you're using, so you can get notified for the next season. Besides that, I mean, uh, nothing. Mo- Wait, wait, uh, 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 just, just for a second, uh, Christopher. Wh- what what is what 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 does this button do? Oh no 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 no! Don't push it! Don't push it!